Good morning, everybody. How's it going? Welcome to the Lord's house this morning. We are so glad to have you with us. We are glad that you picked uh, you picked to come worship here with us this morning. I'm just so excited to see you. Um, if you're a guest with us for the first time, I don't I don't think there are any. I don't see any. But if there is by chance, and there are uh, there are cards in the pews in front of you, if you could fill one of those out. Drop it in the offering plate. That would be awesome. I mean, in the offering box. Speaking of dropping things in the offering box, um, if you got a deacon nomination form in the mail this week, they are due back by next week. And if by chance you didn't get one, and you were supposed to, please let someone know. One of the deacons or Artie, but everyone should have got one. Uh, not nom- the, the vote, not nomination. Nominations are done. You're going to get to hear from each of the deacons on the voting list today. And that sounds exciting. But talking about exciting, I want to remind everyone next week at 930, we will be back here for Sunday school. I'm excited about that. I'm ready to jump back in and go back at things full swing. We're far from getting back to normal, if normal's a thing. But um, we are going to jump back in full swing with with our church activities. And that being said, so next Sunday, like I said, 930, Sunday school, 1030, worship. But then Wednesday, the 10th, a Bible study here for the, youth, for, the young, for the young adults. Yeah, we're all young adults. For the adults at 6.30. But from 5.30 to 7.30, we're having a, a little sort of a celebration uh, of sense to, to uh, mark our youth and our children's going back into things. I want to call it, uh, I've been calling it Back to Action and uh, no, we've not been out of action, but that's just what I'm calling it. And uh, I want you to, if you know a young person, it uh, doesn't matter if they're three months old or if they're in college looking for a place to go. We will find a place for them that Wednesday night as we look to uh, jump back into our student ministry and, uh, you know, pick up where uh, COVID had us, had us um stop off. So I look forward to that. I don't think there are any more announcements unless, Whitey, did you have an announcement I meant to ask you? Okay. Sometimes Whitey does. Um, so at this time, I just invite you to turn your hearts and your mind and focus on God this morning as we worship and we hear some testimonies from some awesome uh, young men. Well, I call them young men. That'd be okay, won't it? Some Jim's is gonna be like, yeah, yeah. Call me a young man any day. So we, so, and these are the men that are uh, on the list for uh, deacon voting next when you turn the ballots in. So I look forward to that. Uh, you guys enjoy worship. And just to make sure everybody understands that next Sunday, the first Sunday of March. We will start back having in-person Sunday school at 9.30. Service will start at 10.30. And then the following Wednesday, the 10th, 
is when we will start in-person Wednesday night services again with Bible study for adults here at 630. And then this Sunday or that particular Wednesday, 530 for the youth and children out at the building. On top of that, we've got to mention this or Sandra will get very, very upset with me. This also means that we will start back having choir practice immediately following Bible study on Wednesday night on March 10th. And then there's also something else coming up that we have to remind everybody because it could throw a cog into everything. We got time change coming up. Toward the middle to end, I believe it's the 24th is when time changes. I think is when it is. I'm not totally positive on that, so don't quote me, but just be aware that we do have time change coming up where we'll be springing forward an hour. So it'll really be 8.30, at least our bodies will feel like it's 8.30 that we'll be having Sunday school on that Sunday morning. But it's actually 9.30, so just keep that in mind. But at this time, please turn your hearts to God. There are some things that we definitely need to be praying about. The first of which is, remember, uh, Rick Stowe and his family. His brother Wayne passed away early yesterday morning. Um, So be praying for the Stowe family as as they do that. I talked to Rick yesterday afternoon. He had just got back from Spartanburg, and he was exhausted. So please continue to pray for him. Also, uh, good news, uh, Margie Smith in Fairhaven is actually able to start taking visitors again. But... They have to be done by reservation. You can't just show up there. They're only allowed, and you can only have so many people and and so much time per visitor. So if you're interested in in seeing Margie or going to see her, contact her daughter, Sharon, and she will tell you exactly how you have to go about being able to get in to to visit with Margie there at Fairhaven. And then also, um, you guys know I don't talk about politics, but I do need to make you aware of something that you need to pray about. There are uh, a couple of things going on with our uh, House of Representatives and our Senate. One bill has already passed the House of Representatives, and it is going to the, uh, the Senate to be voted on. It is called the Equality Act. Now, that sounds great until you start reading exactly what all is in that. And basically what it does is it takes away the right of churches to stick to their beliefs. Let's just say that. It would make it for me to be it would make it illegal for me to preach against some of the things the Bible says is a sin. It would also make it illegal for us as we're hiring somebody at the church, we could actually ha- we would actually have to consider uh, candidates for that position and, and possibly even hire a staff member that does not believe in the Word of God is the Word of God. So I am telling you, what I am telling you is this. Pray. Pray about it. Pray that God opens people's eyes And that God's people will be strong and stand for what is right. Equality, have no issue with that. When we sing, Jesus loves the little children of the world, 
red or yellow, black or white, they are precious in his sight. And when John 3.16 says, God so loved the world, that puts all of us on equal ground. There is nobody better than anybody else. But when it comes time where the government is starting to try to limit what we are allowed to teach and what I am allowed to preach, we need to be aware of that. And then we, we need to be cautious of that. I am not sharing this to bring fear. I am sharing this so God's people will pray. So at this time, if you would please join me in prayer as we go before the throne to start our service. Our precious Heavenly Father, we come before you. Dear Lord, we don't even deserve to be in your presence. We deserve to be separated from a holy God. But because of your love and your mercy and your grace, because of the death of Jesus Christ on the cross as the perfect sacrifice, those of us that have accepted that and have asked forgiveness of our sins and have been saved by the name of Jesus Christ, we have been adopted into your family. And dear Lord, because that curtain was torn when Jesus died, we can enter into the Holy of Holies. And we can come before your holy throne just as a child coming before their father. And dear Lord, we come humbly before you and we bow at your throne Worshiping you for who you are. You are the all-powerful, all-knowing, all-being, forever the mighty God and everlasting Father. Dear Lord, we ask you right now that you be with us this morning. That you move among your people and you open our ears and our hearts that we may hear your word this morning. Dear Lord, I pray for these four men that will be sharing their testimonies, that they will share their heart with us this morning. And dear Lord, that we as a church body will seek your face in choosing the two men that you have chosen to be our next deacons. And dear Lord, I pray for those that are are sick. I pray for those that are experiencing loss. Be with the Stowe family right now, dear Lord, and continue to be with the Gardner-Webb family as they are mourning not only the loss of a, a student athlete, but also the loss of a professor. And dear Lord, I ask that you continue to protect us as we seek to continue to try to, to meet and try to get back on a regular schedule. Dear Lord, thank you for the opportunity of being able to meet back again at Sunday school. Thank you for allowing us to be able to get back together on Wednesday nights. But dear Lord, we ask that you protect us. And dear Lord, we ask Humbly ask 
that you be with our leaders. Dear Lord, that you take the blinders off of their eyes. That you touch their hearts. And you change their thoughts. Dear Lord, some of this stuff is being veiled. It sounds like something great, but when you dig into it, it is a veiled deception. Dear Lord, I ask that you give each and every Christian the strength and the fortitude to stand and to seek your face. Because, dear Lord, we may fight, we may battle, but the victory is already yours. And, dear Lord, we pray that we will be your army. We pray that we will follow you regardless of the cost, that we may be able to be your witnesses. And that we will speak your truth and love and share the gospel of Jesus Christ in everything that we do. And dear Lord, we give you all the honor and glory for it all. As we begin to worship you this morning, we ask that it be a, free, a sweet smelling favor to your ears. And it's in the precious name of Jesus Christ, our Savior, we pray. Amen. The Bible tells us that Jesus is the only one that is worthy to receive glory, honor, and power. So let us stand as we sing page three, worthy of worship to our risen Lord and Savior. Songs we 
We are, he is worthy, worthy of more than we could ever give him. But I'm so grateful that he accepts us the way we are, and he accepts what we have to give to him. Um, This morning, for the children's sermon, I want to talk, I got a few kids in the back, and if you're watching at home, I want to talk about something. I want to talk about tools and how tools have a purpose. And I brought three of my favorite tools with me today. I brought, yes, these are tools, okay? And yes, they are my favorite tools, as you can tell, because in the past 15 years, I've gained over 100 pounds. So um, I love these tools, but these tools were made for a purpose, each one. Now, this, for instance, is a fork. It is meant for different things, picking up meat. Laura sometimes pokes me in the arm when I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do with it. Um, And this is a a spoon. This is good for eating cereal. Uh, Ice cream's popular around our house. And this is a butter knife, which is uh, the only knife that my girls are allowed to mess with. So they have to, but I usually cook things really tender. So you can cut things with a butter knife at my house, plus butter. But if we tried to take these tools and say, for instance, I went and got a bowl of cereal... And I got out my fork to eat a bowl of cereal. That's not going to work out very well, is it? Or if I get my fork and I get ice cream. Now, it can work. I can eat cereal with a fork. But it's not going to be as effective as it needs to be. And I could cut something with a spoon if I wanted to. If if what I was cutting was tender enough. But it's not going to be effective as it needs to. And if I was trying to eat with this... It'd be really hard to poke my steak and pick it up and put it in my mouth. So these tools were all made for a purpose. And if they're not used for the purpose that they were made for, it makes them difficult. Did you guys know that we were like these tools? God made each and every one of us for certain purposes. Not everyone was made to to do the same thing. Not everyone was made to... Be a pastor and stand up on a, on a, in front of a podium and proclaim God's word to anywhere from 10 to how many ever 100 people want to come. Because not everybody can do crowds. Not everyone is, um, is, is, was made to teach, to, to do these things, to do different jobs. And that's why God made each and every one of us different. Because we're all made for a certain purpose. And to show you where it says in God's Word that we're all made for different purposes. I have a Bible verse I want to share with you, if I can find it. And it is Acts chapter 17, verses 24 through 27. It says, God who made the world and everything in it, since He is Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made with hands, nor is He worshipped with men's hands as as though he needed anything, since he gives to all gives to all life, breath, and all things, and he has made from 
one blood every nation of men to dwell on the face of the earth and has determined their pre-appointed times and the boundaries of their dwellings so that they should seek the Lord and hope that they might grope from him and find him though he is not far from each of us. And I know all those words are confusing, especially for kids, but it, God made each and every one of us for a purpose. God knew what he was doing. He knew the day Sandra was born that she would be standing here in front of you at Crestview Baptist Church leading us in worship. Now, she had choices to make along the way, and she could have chosen not to follow God's plan, and he would have known that too. So I want to encourage you, children, youth, and adults, to trust in God's plan, to trust that He is in control and that He made each and every one of us for a purpose. But the only way to know what that purpose is is to slow down and listen to God. That way we're not a fork trying to eat cereal or a spoon trying to cut a T-bone steak. It won't work, that's right. So just trust that God made each and every one of us for a purpose and that in order to get to that purpose... We have to follow and trust Him. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. God, thank You for this day. Thank You for creating each and every one of us with special purposes, God, to fulfill the task in Your kingdom and the things that, we, that need to be done. Lord, we love You and we praise You. And I just pray that we learn to listen to You to find our purpose. All this we ask in the name of Your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. You know, we are in a battle every day as Christians. We're in this battle against Satan. And the one thing that the Bible gave us the command to do as the soldiers is not to retreat. We're to move forward with Jesus as our leader. Now, the reason we're going to have choir practice starting that we uh, march the tent is because who led the armies into battle in the Old Testament time? The choir. <laughs> so choir, we've got to lead this church into the battle against Satan. So let us all stand as we sing hymn number 493, Onward Christian Soldiers. We'll sing the first and third verses. <laughs>
before. Amen. Thank you. As I had mentioned before, we are in a very important time in the life of our church. And we are um, getting ready to elect two new deacons to serve as servant leaders in our church. And I want to read, before these men come forward to, to, to share their testimony, I want to read a passage of Scripture to you out of Acts chapter 6. We're going to be looking at the first six verses. I want to read those. So as I read these, if you would not mind standing um, as I read this Scripture, it will also be on the screen as well as online. But this is what it says here in Acts chapter 6. Now at this time, while the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint arose on the part of the Hellenistic Jews against the native Hebrews, because their widows were not being were being overlooked in the daily serving of food. And the twelve summoned the congregation of the disciples and said, It is not desirable for us to neglect the word of God in order to serve tables, but select from among you, brethren, seven men of good reputation, full of the spirit and of wisdom, whom we may put in charge of this task. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And the statement found approval with the whole congregation, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, and Philip Procris, Nicanor, Timon, Paramenus, and Nicholas, a proselyte from Antioch, And these were brought before the apostles, and after praying, they laid their hands on them. Church, that was the selection of the first deacons. And in that passage, we find the purpose of the deacon in serving the church. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we come before you once again. Dear Lord, I ask you to be with each one of these men as they share their testimony. Dear Lord, be with us as a church as we seek to follow your will in this process. And dear Lord, thank you for the reading of your word and the example that we can always find in your word. And it's in the holy and precious name of Jesus Christ, our Savior, we pray. Amen. I'd like to ask Robbie Mullinax to come first and share his testimony. I just want to say thank you for letting me have this opportunity. Uh, you know, it started 
I went to church when I was younger and oh, my grandfather over at Trinity and then I moved away and got away from it. And I started back, really didn't, it started back in about 2001 when I really started knowing I needed to be back in church. And it was March 14th. It was a Monday or Wednesday night because I was in paramedic class. My dad-in-law got shot up at PPG. And, you know, I was, I was thinking about it, and it said, I said, why don't I want to be a paramedic now? I could, you know, they couldn't even say my, dad, my, my dad-in-law. But I got thinking, I said, you know, that ain't what God wanted me to do. He made me want to go into the EMS field to help people. And over the years, that's where, you know, I've, I've loved my job. I loved my job for 21 years. I just retired from the county after 21 years of being a street medic. And I still love it. And, you know, I still work part-time at Shelby wanting to help somebody. And that's, I really thought about it in 2001 when it really hit me, what, I, what God had in plan for me. Because growing up to then, you know, I worked textile mills and it just wasn't that. But I started EMS and that was, I've loved it. It was a job I enjoyed. I know when I served at Deacon before, I enjoyed that too because it was, I was serving the people of this church. And this church has meant a lot to me. This church has felt like home whenever I first started. It, you, when you walk through the door, it was, you know, you feel like family. And that's what, you know, that's the way I feel a church needs to be. You need to be, have family. And another thing that God has put on me, you know, I know God is, provides, provides for us. It was several years ago. It was payday. It was a short check for me, which I didn't get paid but like four days for. And it was time for a house payment and having food for the family. I said, Lord, I can't do it by myself. I lay it in your hands. Well, you know, he provided, he, he made sure I had enough money to pay my house payment and provided food for, the, for my family. You know, and it's just things like that there showed me that I need to serve the Lord in any way he wants me to serve him. It's not my will, it's his will. Whatever he wants me to do, I'm willing to do. You know, and and it's it's whatever the Lord wants me to do, and whatever He puts on your heart, however He wants you to do it. And I thank you for this opportunity. Thank you, I was picking at Robbie for being short. Yeah. I told him he could lower the microphone if he needed to. And next, uh, Jim Kinder, if you would come forward. And share your testimony, please. Jim is our newest uh, member uh, to, to be nominated, and he comes to us from Wisconsin, so you may have to listen closely to get through that accent. <laughs> Removing this will help, too. <laughs> well, my name is Jim Kinder, as you as, uh, already just mentioned. Um, for those of you who don't know me, uh, also my wife, Janie's in the back there, and uh, you, you probably do know her. <laughs> <laughs> um, we have uh, two, she has two 
children down here. Um, her son lives over in, uh, her son Jason lives over in uh, Bessemer City, and uh, her daughter Jennifer lives here in Shelby, as well as our uh, precious granddaughter Macy, who um, you might have seen around here as well. Um, it's, um, it's humbling to uh, have been asked to do this. Um, I'm thankful and honored and humbled and excited and all that at the same time. But um, we've been uh, coming here to Crestview for about two years. But as uh, most things in life, you don't get from one place to another in a straight line. Um, and so we've been, uh, you know, we've had, it, we didn't get here by accident. It's by God's appointment, of course. Um, but the past 12 months have been kind of rough, of course, um, with the shutdown and the isolation and pandemic and all that. So we haven't come to, we haven't come to service, but we've been watching online. Um, we chose to do that because, not that we're old, but we've been uh, told we're in a, um, <laughs> you know, higher risk group. So that's the way that's the way it goes. But fortunately, we had our first vaccine um, about four weeks ago, and. Um, we're going to have our second one on the day after tomorrow, on Tuesday. So um, we're going to get more bold and venture out, and, uh, and we feel safer to do that. And I don't really care about going to um, a ball game or a concert or, you know, eating inside somewhere. It doesn't matter. Um, what really matters and what's really important is to return to church, and that's, uh, and that's what's important, uh, important to us. It's nice to have the protection of that vaccine, um, but what's even more important uh, that I've had in my mind for a long time is the protection of, you know, God's um, watchfulness over, um, over us. I know um, last week I already talked about, you know, commitment and uh, trust and obey and, and, and those, those things, and I've, I've had uh, developed, um, you know, a great attitude over the years of, of of having, um, you know, trust and obey um, what I read in the Bible and what I hear preached and, and that. And um, I compare the protection of the vaccine uh, to the protection of God's hand. Um, in fact, I know that um, he's protected me all my life. He's protected me long before I even knew he protected me. But um, as you know, we grew up um, in Wisconsin. Um, as the South is, is mostly Baptist, um, back up there in, in the Midwest, um, it's predominantly Catholic and Lutheran, about 50-50. And uh, going to a parochial Catholic grade school in our community of about 99% Catholic, um, I wasn't always sure what I was learning, and, and I was a bit confused and doubting and, and, and stuff, and I don't want to criticized, but I just didn't know, hmm, I wasn't sure that I resonated with all that was being taught. Um, and I, I would find out later well, what the truth really was. But, but I was done with parochial grade school. I went off to high school and college and uh, forgot about all that. And uh, when I graduated college, I um, became employed at a Lutheran organization. And it didn't really mean a whole lot to me right away because I was just more than happy to have a job. But I was at the, at the company about two years, and I uh, had developed a 
a bond, a, a, a working bond with a, a wonderful gentleman uh, named Stephen Harms. And, um, and the two of us talked quite a bit, and he was, he was so technical. He was like way up here technically-wise, technically and I... And I just wanted to soak up information from him. So the, he, he began to talk to me, and I, we didn't even work together that much, but he began to talk to me on the side all the time. And it was, it was a lot of fun and uh, listening to him. And I just opened up and soaked up everything he had to tell me, and I wanted to learn. And uh, we developed this great bond, and um, it, was, it was terrific. And everybody looked at us two guys saying, wow, <laughs> I don't know about those guys. I don't understand them, but they understand each other, so that's great. But what was about to happen is a life-changing event. Um, one day, Steve said to me, Oh, by the way, uh, I have a Bible study group meet at noon hour up on 10th floor. Would you like to join us? I said, Sure. He said, Well, we're studying the book of Romans. I said, Yeah, I've heard of it. And... Uh, <laughs> And that's how lamely ignorant I, I was at the time. But um, I still have that little workbook we went through um, studying Romans. And, um, and f I thought, you know, finally, this makes sense. And, um, and sure enough, um, what happened to me was what's described in Romans 12 too. Um, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And, and once I started with Steve and his group, I started transforming, and it was a great feeling. Um, not a lot happened right away, but as, uh, as time went on, I, I sure um, learned how to trust and obey and adhere to God's plan uh, for, you know, for me, a wonderful plan. Uh, we had gone to, um, finally, finally started going to a Lutheran church, hearing more of the truth um, for several years, then also went to a non-denominational church for several years and learned more of the truth. And um, so then when we started coming down here, we were looking for a church a little. And um, we had an apartment in Charlotte, and we went to a couple different churches there, and mm, nothing really clicked. And we had an apartment over in Rutherford, Spindale, Forest City area. Went to a few churches over there, and yeah, they're okay, and nothing really clicked. Nothing wrong, but nothing really clicked. And then when we moved to Shelby, um, we had gone to another church one time, and that wasn't quite right. But finally, uh, Janie said one day, Let's, we, we had been going by Crestview all the time, we said, let's go there. And sure enough, we did. And here we are. And um, this is great. Like Robbie said, like everybody says, it feels like home here. And we're wonderfully, wonderfully happy. Now, I talked before about not getting somewhere in a straight line. Actually, what, what happened to us, our commitment, um, our commitment happened um, back in 1999. Janie and I decided to get married. And... Um, I, uh, I decided to sell my, sell my house that I had lived in by myself for over 20 years. And she decided to sell her house that she had lived in and loved for about five years. Uh, but we both left where we were comfortable with, and we bought 
um, a house together and uh, made our marriage commitment and um, moved and we were very happy in, in this house and it was kind of an upgrade for both of us. And uh, in the back of our mind, I thought, yeah, we'll never move from here. This is great. You know, we'll never move from here. Well, fast forward about 10 years in 2009, and one day we were talking, and we said, let's look for a different house. And so, uh, so we did. And we were led in a, in a, in a good direction. Um, what we thought at the time was the perfect house, great location, terrific neighbors, uh, close to another church that we like, then well, close enough to our old church. And I'm sure we thought, we'll never move again. This is, we'll, we're, not, we're not moving. This, this is, now we're set. Well, in 2014, Macy was born, and we made another commitment to be involved with um, Jason and Jennifer and, of course, Macy. We wanted to be wonderful Christian examples and influence in her, in her young life. And um, that was important to us. So we began to travel back and forth between here and Wisconsin quite frequently. As a matter of fact, our, some of our friends said, who made the drive once, they say, oh my God, you do this all the time? Um, but we made that commitment to be involved in, in, uh, in the kid's life and the granddaughter's life, and, and so that's what we did. Uh, but that was God's plan again, and uh, we've been wonderfully faithful to that, and uh, finally we were... Um, given the opportunity to move. And, um, but we're not moving again. <laughs> and this time we mean it. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, that move um, really was a marathon and a sprint at the same time, coordinating um, everything and moving, moving that distance. But as a matter of fact, when we were on a tight timeline and... I used to wake up in the middle of the night thinking, oh, we got to do this and this and this by this time, and we got to do this and this. I don't know if we're going to make it. Oh, wait a minute. God's in control. And just had total faith, and, um, and it all worked out, and it all fell into place, and, and here we are. So, um, like I said, we're not moving again, and uh, we mean it this time. And that's why um, I welcome this opportunity to serve Crestview, because... Uh, we want this church to to thrive and survive and, and do well and and, uh, and all that's good and, and wonderful in God's plan. So, um, you know, I, I look forward to doing my best if that's uh, if that's God's will for me to do. Thank you, Jim. Jim and Janie, by the way, are a perfect example of. Uh, Feed them and they will come. <laughs> their, first, their first Sunday visiting with us was actually on our homecoming Sunday. And we fed them and they never left. <laughs> Praise Jesus. And, uh, and Jim was smart enough to listen to Janie. Which, which all husbands need to be every once in a while. Smart enough to listen to their wives. So uh, at this time... Now, we have Rick Beck coming to share his testimony. Rick is no stranger to any of you, but uh, we welcome him to come up and share his testimony now. Hey, good morning. 
My name's Ricky Beck. I've been going to Crestview for a, uh, several years. I really can't keep up with time. Uh, it ain't that uh, I've lost memory or whatever. Uh, I just don't really uh, cram that in my uh, my head. Uh, I, I don't know why. I mean, you, you can. Uh, I've been a mechanic all of my all most of my life anyway, and uh, I've really enjoyed it. Uh, I worked around the house as a kid, working on several things and uh, working on motors, stuff like that. And then eventually, uh, my dad told me he said uh, he worked at Boss Bakery in Shelby, North Carolina. I don't know if you ever remember Boss, but. Uh, I knew the Boss Brothers well, and uh, I worked for them. And my dad told me, he said, uh, he drove a truck for Boss Bakery, a big tractor trailer. He didn't deliver bread or anything like that. But uh, but he was a milkman, uh, and I was on his with him on his route several times, uh, delivering milk to different houses. He worked for Seal Test. But uh, beyond that, uh, like I say, I was a mechanic, and I worked at Boss Bakery. And, and uh, if you can, if you had a problem with a 970 oven, I could probably tell you right now what the problem was, you know. But I mean, that's just explaining why a lot of times I don't remember other stuff. I've got other things in my mind that I, I, can, I can recall. I wish I could recall several scriptures from the Bible. I know a lot of people can, and they got several, they got scriptures that are personal to them, you know. Uh, I know uh, several ones, but I can't tell you where they come from, you know. Uh, and I've got several things I probably want to talk about, but I can't really uh, probably remember what what it was or where I'm going. Uh, at a young age, my grandfather, my daddy's daddy, okay, I guess really influenced me more in anything and, and going to church. I went to Elizabeth Baptist Church where I was a member of the RAs and other things like that uh, at uh, Elizabeth Baptist Church. Only the reason because I lived pretty close to it. My grandfather, he went to that church all the time. Uh, my dad, he's been married. Uh, uh, I, have, I have five stepmothers, okay? Uh, he can't really stay with one for over two years. He can stay with them longer as long as he don't commit and to marrying them, then he's got to go. Uh, that's the way he always was. But uh, I've moved all over the, uh, not the country, or just uh, Cleveland County in Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, I was uh, living with my mother in Charlotte, North Carolina when I was uh, younger, uh, probably six, seven, eight, nine years old. Uh, more than likely, if I'd stayed down there, I'd probably been some other place, and probably Roy Cooper might be letting me out now, so who knows. Uh, but that's a whole different story. But uh, I remember a church group coming by uh, where we lived off uh, Tuckasegia Road, and uh, they were a, a church group, and they said they'd send a bus by and pick us up, and they come to find out it was... Uh, uh, it was Northside Baptist Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. 
that's where I started going to church uh, as a kid, uh, and I, I caught the bus going back forth every time. Uh, that's the only reason I was going. Then I moved back to Shelby, North Carolina, and uh, uh, we went several things. And but there've been a lot of people has really influenced my life. My grandfather, like I said, was probably the most influential, influential person, you know, because I usually went to church with him. Mostly as a young kid, I slept in the pew. <laughs> uh, I probably had no idea what the pastor was talking about anyway, but, but I really enjoyed being there with my grandfather. Uh, I've lost my train of thought, but, you know, that's just me. But now if you had me something to work on, I could really work on it. That ain't no big deal. Uh, oh, I know what it is. Uh, most, like I said, there's a lot of been, uh, has been influential in my life. And, and God had a purpose there. He put a, a lot of them in my stepping or in my way to guide me on. Uh, Mr. David Webb right here. I knew him uh, when, when I was working, and uh, I would say he's been an uh, uh, influence in my life. A lot of people here. Uh, Brother Sam Mills. When I started coming to Crestview Baptist Church, I came here not as just to come to church and hear God's Word, that was part of it. But I enjoyed it so much that I wanted to come and help. I helped Mr. Sam Mills along with uh, Mr. Wright. He was really influential, influential with my life. I would go to his house and, and do all I could to help him. And that's what I enjoyed. There are several others here that were in my stepping or in my, in my path or in my journey. That's what I've been going on now. If I could think of other ones, which I can, but uh, like I say, uh, there's there's several people that was in my in my path that that keeps me in a straight and narrow. It's not that I don't uh, try my best to stay in the straight and narrow path. Uh, I'm not the best person in the world. I would say you can ask my wife. <laughs> but now if she needs something done uh, just like anything else if you uh, you know you know who to go to the source to get it done uh, and that's usually me uh, she was asking the other day uh, for something uh, done around the house and uh, and uh, I'd already had it done so uh but now she does have a ceiling fan sitting in the floor that's still been there for about six months, so she's still waiting on that to be done. <laughs> but, it, you know, just like when they said it's in God's time, I guess it's in my time. 
when I feel like <laughs> at the opportunity to, to do it. Uh, Brother Don Kahn, Miss Sharon. I love Mr. Kahn. <laughs> and his son, too. David was a big influential in my life. Not that I did things for him and I enjoyed it. Not that I got paid for it, which that, that had no substantial to that. These are men that, that God had put in my steppings or in my path to lead me to where I need to be. And I hope, you know, and, and I thank you all for nominating me for being a deacon. I've already been a deacon here at Crestview Baptist Church. Several times I've been called when a deacon list come up and, and I've said, well, I've already been a deacon at Crestview Baptist Church. I'd like to just step aside and let somebody else that know what they're doing that may be more uh, ambitious or, or not ambitious but uh, uh, aggressive to, to take care of the people that are there. Uh, I think I've got more and more than enough things to do uh, to try to help out you know God's word. But, you know, God uses a lot of people, okay? Like Chad was saying earlier, you know, not everybody can be a preacher. Maybe not everybody can be a Sunday school teacher or a musician. I wouldn't mind being any of those. But personally, I, you know, I've got my own agenda that I, I, I love to help, okay? And... And, and these two hands, as long as I've got them, I can, I can do more with those than I can with my mouth. But maybe someday, I don't know if I've ever led anybody to the Lord, but I may have showed somebody. I have no idea who, but you may be that stepping stone or that person that you're showing someone the way to the Lord. And I appreciate your time. Thank you much. When Rex said he could do anything, he is a walking, talking, real-life MacGyver. If you gave him four empty spools, a rubber band, and a stick of gum, I swear he would give you back a car. <laughs> he really could. He can fix anything. So uh, he is not lying when he says that. Now, um, to bring up the, the end of the group is uh, Jim Humphreys. Morning. I'm the end of the group, so that means I'm going to talk the longest. <laughs> so I have a confession to make. I really don't know what to say. I've... Uh, I've given testimony before, and if you don't know me, I'm Jim Humphreys. I, I grew up 
locally in the Beaver Dam community, and uh, was born into a Christian family, raised in the church. I accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior at 12 years old, and I, I believe it was a genuine uh, conversion. I walked with the Lord for a couple of years, and then by the time I was 15, 16 years old, I had walked away. It wasn't God's fault, it was my fault, and uh, I know that now. And I wandered off into the darkness. And uh, I look back at it now and I think how stupid I was to have done these things. But at the time, I was chasing after what teenage boys in the 70s chased after, you know, girls and cars and rock and roll. I was headed uh, in a bad direction in the dark real quick. But God, he he knew I was going to end up there, so he had a plan. I didn't realize it at the time, but he brought a wonderful woman into my life. Her name was Melinda Spencer. I was smitten with her the day we met, and within a couple of years, we were married. Now, we still didn't really walk with the Lord the way we should have. We were out chasing what we thought we needed. We were trying to make a home for ourselves and trying to have a good time and hang out with friends and all those things, and we weren't really following the Lord. Then we had a child, and... Uh, Melinda took it upon herself to bring this little girl to church. But me, like the big dummy I was, I kept going out and doing the things I wanted to do. Let her take care of it. I'm ashamed of that now. Then the Lord actually blessed us with a second child. And I realized that it was time I stepped up to the plate. It's time I started being the spiritual leader in the house instead of the, the problem so I started going to church every Sunday. We, we got our kids dressed up just like my mama got me dressed up for so many years. God had saved me from myself by giving me a wonderful wife and a, and a mama who prayed me through all them dark years. And I got back to church. But even then, it was, uh, I just came on Sunday morning and sat in the congregation and didn't do anything. That's not enough, folks. If that's where you're at, you're not doing enough. I started listening to a, something they invented in the 90s that we didn't have in the 70s. They called it contemporary Christian music. We thought Bill Gaither was contemporary in the 70s. <laughs> and uh, by the time I was uh, in my 30s, I'd started listening to uh, 106.9, The Light. And one day I was driving home from work, and the guy on the radio's name was Pastor Greg Laurie. Y'all may have heard of him. He still teaches on the radio. He said something one day that stuck in my head and convicted me. He said, uh, how can you call yourself a Christian if you don't read your Bible? And that convicted me because he was right. I made a decision that day to start reading my Bible regularly, not just once in a while, but every day. And within 18 months, I'd read cover to cover, Genesis 1 all the way through Revelation. My life has started changing. From the day I started reading my Bible and committed to reading the Bible, my life started changing. I started realizing, first off, just how terrible of a sinner I had been. We need to realize that, people, if you haven't ever realized it. We were headed in the wrong direction, and God saved us. Well, after I realized my spiritual condition, I started seeking a way to please God now. You know, and I realized something else. You can't please God. 
His standard is just too high. That's why we need the Holy Spirit. That's why we have to walk in the Spirit. Because when you walk in your own strength, you fail 100% of the time. Once I started walking in the Spirit and seeking the Lord's will, I started being active in the church. I did lots of small jobs, served on committees, eventually became a Sunday school teacher, which is something I never thought I would ever do. I, I never could stand in front of three people without being too nervous to talk. And then uh, they gave me a Sunday school class. I was still over at Beaver Dam Church then. Uh, it was what we called the subtle class. It was the old men class. And I walked in there my first Sunday to teach a lesson, and lo and behold, sitting in my class were two retired pastors. <laughs> and I'm teaching them along with a dozen other godly men. Talk about intimidation. I, I should have been sitting down and listening to them. But I grew more in my walk with God t- teaching that Sunday school class than anything else I've ever done. And uh, eventually I was uh, ordained as a deacon in 2005 and served a couple of terms. And I'm honored to be asked to serve here at Crestview. I had a, a wonderful life for many, many years through the mid-90s all through till about 2016, I was living the wonderful life. I had a wonderful, loving Christian wife, two great kids who both made professions of faith. And the world was my cherry. I was happy. Thought I knew how my future was going to unfold. Wrong. Don't ever get too comfortable where you're at because there's one fact that never changes, and that's the thing, the fact that everything changes. After my kids were grown and uh, starting out on their own, which, you know, you, you, every parent wants their child to be independent and, and be able to support yourself, take care of yourself. Now I have a, a daughter in her 30s who's married to another Christian man who's a, a good man. And, and we don't have any grandkids, but uh, they're, they're a good Christian couple. And a younger daughter who's also uh, living a good life. And they live in Georgia now. I hate them. I'm not part of their everyday life anymore. But I still love them dearly, and I trust the Lord to take care of them since they're out of my reach most of the time. But I expected to live out my golden years with my wonderful wife. And I'm sure most of you are aware of, I lost her last year to cancer. I can't tell you what that was like. I hope you never find out. I tried to all I could do to, to help her through her battle. The Lord was with us. We made the best of it. She fought hard. I'm so proud of her. But eventually, the cancer took her, and she went home to be with Jesus. I'm so glad now her suffering is over. But little did I realize that uh, mine wasn't. A very good friend of mine warned me that uh, it was going to be hard. He knew because he'd already lost his wife too. Just a little over a year ago, I had to start a new life. I came home from work one day and realized that the world I had known was over 
it was gone. My daughters had moved away. My wife had gone home to be with Jesus. And now the, the wonderful home we had together was a big, empty three-bedroom torture chamber full of memories and pictures, regrets, but mostly, mostly good memories. And I thought, well, it's time, Jim, to focus everything you got on Jesus. There's no distractions now. It's just you and him. I was, I'd already joined, me and Melinda joined here at Crestview uh, in uh, January 2019. And I, I was a member. I said, this, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw myself at the church and I'll be there all the time. Six weeks later, COVID-19 started. And the church wasn't able to meet. I have to tell you that 2020 was the worst year of my life. I lost everything I'd ever thought I had for a future. And then the one thing I was counting on to bring me back up was temporarily shut down on account of a virus. It was awful. Even by the fall of the year when we started meeting again and we started having Sunday school again, I know my teacher remembers I, I was uh, asked to pray one morning and I couldn't get the word out. I was about to bust up and cry. The Lord says that he'll uh, make something good come out of everything. Losing your spouse is hard to imagine something good coming of that, but it has changed me in one way. I I have the most broken heart I've ever had in my life. And uh, I think that's a prerequisite for a man who wants to walk with God. You have to have a broken heart about your own sin, about what your Savior did for you. And although I really miss my wife, I'm thankful for the 36 years we had together. It's a blessing. And I should be grateful and not angry that she's not still with me. That being said, I, I began to fervently pray for the Lord to give me a new direction. And uh, I'm still wondering what that is. So when I was asked if I would serve as a, on the deacon board, I said yes. This, this might be what God wants me to do, so I'm going to do it. It's been my experience in life, and I have many. I could stand up here and talk all morning about uh, the different things God has done for me in my life. But usually, when you're seeking God's will, it's what he puts right in front of you is where you need to go. We mess it up by going around it, by thinking, no, I don't think that's right for me, or maybe I'm not, I'm not qualified to do that, or maybe somebody else would be better at that. Well... If you're praying for God's will and you mean it, he'll show it to you. And I've I've told many of my friends before that uh, I can take a yes answer to prayer anytime. I can even take a no. But the ones where he says, wait, those hurt. And I'm impatient. I've always been an in-control guy who just liked to know what was going to happen. and We're going to do it this way and this is how it's going to work out. And when you're waiting and you're trusting, it's, it's hard. I'm not sure what my future holds, but I know the God who holds my future. And whatever my life turns to now, I'm going to be seeking God's will. And if I, I, I believe if I pray every day to, to walk with the Lord, to walk in His light, to seek His will, then wherever I end up must be His will. And I'm going to do the best I can with what he's given me and walk in the spirit 
Because, see, that's the only way I can please him. I think the online ministry is a great thing. I think it's a wonderful thing that we could be able to stay in touch that way through this COVID thing. But there's something to be said about gathering together in God's house. It's different. It's, it's, we have to do this. We have to be together. Yes, we need to take precautions. We need to wear a mask. We need to separate the pews. All that, that's, yes, certainly. But we don't need to neglect our meeting together as a congregation. We need this as God's people. We're one body. I'm honored to be considered for the deacon board, but I do ask that each person, when you get ready to fill out that ballot and you vote for whoever you'll vote for, don't do it out of, like already put in the letter that he sent out, this is not a popularity contest. This is a chance for us as a church to do God's will. So pray over it. Ask the Lord to show you who to vote for. Don't vote for somebody you know or somebody you think you like. Vote for who God puts on your heart to vote for. That way we'll have the two men that God wants on there. And if I'm voted on, then so be it, I'll serve. And if I'm not, well, that's okay too. God's got a plan for me, a plan that gives me a future and a hope, Jeremiah 29, 11. And uh, I trust him. I've tried running my life myself. It was a mess. And I gave it to him, and he gave me a blessing. He didn't say I could keep it forever, though. And now I'm looking for a new life. I think it'll be here at Crestview. I've only been here a couple of years, but uh, I feel very at home here. This church is certainly full of the Spirit. And uh, I think that's all I have to say. Thank you. For God be the glory. And uh, let's sing something. Thank you, Jim. You said something about the broken heart. Matthew chapter 5 in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. That's exactly what Jesus is talking about. That broken heart for your sinful nature, that broken heart for others. And it is incredible what God can do with a broken heart. It is incredible. So thank you for sharing with us today. You have heard the four men that have been nominated to serve as a deacon in our church. Two of them will be chosen as deacons. The other two will serve as alternates in case someone has to step down. But it is not a popularity contest. God has allowed these four names to be presented as candidates. It is now our job as His church as his people 
to seek his face. And select the two men that he has chosen to be with us and to help lead us. So please, over this next week, be in prayer for that. Jim shared that uh, how difficult it was not coming together as the body of Christ, not being able to meet. And I couldn't help but sit there and think about what my dad used to tell me all the time when I would have to leave and, and, and everything is that the ab- absence makes the heart grow fonder. And how true that is for our church. Because the one thing that I have constantly heard over the tw- last 12 months, I can't wait to get back together. I miss my Sunday school class. I miss being able to come to church. And you know, even that was not by accident. Because we had gotten too comfortable. And God had to shake us at our core to make us realize how precious being able to gather together was. And it's not something that we need to take for granted. And we have a great opportunity by reaching out online. And I want you to know we've had people watch our service as far away as Europe. But on a regular basis, we have people in Florida and in Tennessee and Texas. In Michigan, watching our services. But there's nothing that quite compares to being with God's people. Thank you, gentlemen, for taking the time and sharing your testimonies with us this morning. But I would be amiss if I didn't have an opportunity for someone to make a decision for Christ. So I'm asking Sandra and our musicians to come forward and and lead us in a chorus or in in a verse of of invitation hymn. If God has spoke to you today, if He is moving in you, don't leave this place without getting taken care of. Don't leave this place without knowing that you are right with God. This is your chance to take care of that right now. Would you stand as we sing our hymn of invitation, 483 footsteps of Jesus, 483.
Friday, 9.30, Sunday school, 10.30, service, and then the following Wednesday night, March 10th, we will have Bible study at 6.30 here Wednesday night, followed by choir practice, and youth and children will be meeting at 5.30 that day, so please come join us. We will still be online, but please come to join us at those times. And don't forget, next Sunday also is, is the final deacon election. If you want to mail your ballot back to the church, you may, we have to have them received by Saturday in order to be counted in the vote. You can bring them in person, you can mail them, or you can call one of your deacon to come pick them up. But we have to have everything back by Sunday to be able to count it Sunday morning and announce to the church our new deacons by the end of the service Sunday. So uh, please join me in prayer. As we, as we leave this place today. Our holy, precious Lord and Savior, we come before you once more as we begin to leave this place. Thank you for the opportunity to come and worship you. Thank you for the, the hearts of these men that they have shared today. And dear Lord, be with us as we seek your face in selecting our new deacons. So Lord, as we leave this place, allow us to be True disciples. Allow us to show others that we are your disciples by how we love each other. And dear Lord, allow us to be fishers of men. And we give you all the honor and glory for it all. And it's in the precious name of Jesus Christ our Savior we pray. Amen. Amen.